You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Uh, It is now almost the end of March, and um, hopefully we're a lot closer to spring. Uh, Welcome. We have a really exciting show today. We are going to be talking to Dr. Yasha Marshak and his daughter, uh, Dr. Sonia Marshak, uh, who I met two years ago when I was with the People to People delegation that went to Russia, and we were able to go to both Moscow and St. Petersburg to learn how... um, Addiction is treated um, in in Russia. So I would like to introduce uh, my first guest, which is Dr. Yasha Marshak. He is the founder and program director of the new Marshak Clinic for Alcohol and Drug Rehabilitation, which is located in Malibu. Um, He's also the scientific director of Moscow's renowned Marshak Clinic. Dr. Marshak is the skin of a prominent Russian family. He was born in 1946. He graduated from Moscow State University in 1971 as a mathematician. He began his professional career as an analyst at the Soviet Academy of Sciences Neurological Institute. Long interested in Western methods of drug rehabilitation, which were virtually unknown in the USSR, Dr. Marshak entered medical school in 1981. After his third year of studies, he received permission to conduct an independent research project which allowed him to formally study the effect of endogenous alcohol and exercise had on mood. His study concluded that alcohol inhibits the enzyme dipeptase in blood plasma that breaks down opiates, allowing Dr. Marshak to hypothesize that elevated alcohol content in the bloodstream and brain increases levels of of metencephaline, which regulates state of euphoria. After Dr. Marshak presented his results at the second Moscow Symposium on Psychoendocrinology, he was asked to join the first ever group of Russian citizens to be trained by Alcoholics Anonymous, a, a program that was that still is virtually unknown in the USSR. After intensive language training in English, Dr. Marshak and 10 others traveled to the United States. He spent half of a year in Florida at the Heritage Health Treatment Center, ultimately qualifying as a certified addiction professional. The second half of the year he spent in Seattle at the Lakeside Treatment Center. In 1997, Dr. Marsha opened Moscow's first clinic for the treatment of addiction. Influenced by the findings of neuroscientist Ken Bloom, which identified a defect in the dopamine D2 receptor gene, Dr. Marsha began testing his patients for the D2 gene variation. Through scientific literature, Dr. Marshak and his daughter, a postdoctoral researcher at the University of California, Irvine, found other genes linked to the reward deficiency syndrome in general and specifically in drug addiction. Over the time, Dr. Marshak refined and improved his genetic testing. Since 2001, all patients at the Moscow Clinic are tested for four genes based on the results. A, a special program is created for each individual client, and we'll get into that program in just a minute. I'd also like to introduce Dr. Sonia Marshak, who was born and raised in Moscow, Russia. She graduated from Moscow State University Medical School with highest honors in 1993 and relocated to Israel in 2001. While studying molecular biology at the Hebrew University Medical Center in Jerusalem, she set up the PCR Diagnostic Laboratory at the Marshak Clinic Rehabilitation Center in Moscow. In 2003, she received her Ph.D. 
summa cum laude, winning several awards for her research in diabetes, including the Golden Meir Foundation Award and the Hebrew University Medical School Faculty Award. She came to the United States in 2003 and turned her attention to neuroscience at the University of California. To completing her postdoctoral training, which was featured in the journal of Neuroscience, Sonia joined her father at the Marshad Clinic in Malibu. In addition to running the genetic lab, Sonia will be doing on-site research encompassing the physiological processes which occur in the brain while in active addiction and post-recovery. As a scientist, she believes that the Marshak method is innovative and comprehensive treatment currently available to people suffering from substance use or alcoholism. Welcome, Yasha and Sonia, to Thank um, you. Hour Thank you time. very much, Mary. Thank you. Um, could you both begin by telling our audience um, what made you get interested in the addiction treatment? Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, f for myself, it is. Uh, it, it was uh, 1971 when I uh, actually became an alcoholic, and I found a way how to quit my um, alcohol uh, usage. So I found some exercises, set of exercises uh, of hatha yoga in special manner which made me happy after one hour of exercising. And I did this uh, for six years with no break, every day, twice a day. So mm, now I have uh, 37 years of sobriety, and, and it made me interested very much in this subject. And uh, be because of that, uh, 11 years later, I went to medical school and became a medical doctor. And my first research work was I found before and after this set of exercises, my personal level of concentration of alcohol increased twice from the concentration of one millimole to two millimoles per liter. So I, at this time, I had 10 um, of my students, personal students, which were also sober for three or four years with no drop of alcohol consumption. So uh, we started to do this with, uh, with a group. And all of them who made the exercises increased uh, alcohol level uh, in between 1.5 till two times. And those who were um, uh, just reading at this time uh, magazines, for example, they, they were staying at the same level before and after the, uh, this one hour. So we started to investigate different other activities like, like heavy weight lifting, um, intensive running, and this made alcohol to drop. Um, just the relaxation or uh, like meditation, like uh, TM meditation, uh, made it slightly increase. So we figured out the most effective way how to manage uh, the concentration of our endogenous. It, makes, it, 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 it is um, produced by our body, alcohol. And then I found uh, the primary role of uh, endogenous alcohol, which is a substance which switches our biochemistry, which um, uh, sustain um, our... Uh, like rest, biochemistry for our rest to the biochemistry which supplies uh, our activity. So when we rest, we 
have to have more alcohol, and when we are active, we have to decrease the alcohol. And alcohol is a major substance which our body produces, which is, uh, it is the small molecule, uh, which is a polar, have negative charge on the um, hydroxyl group, and which is a, like a key for certain enzymes, and it regulates its activity. For some enzymes of the regulation, it slows them down. For some of them, activates. So it was very interesting for me. So then when I was invited to the United States and became the education, I realized this was a problem of my, this was my personal problem. And probably I was the first also uh, Russian who evaluated his genes which are involved in the regulation of reward. And I found myself uh, uh, deficient in certain of these genes. So it was inherited. So from your perspective, Dr. Marshak, why do some people get addicted and some people not? I think um, the, um, the understanding of alcoholism, it is <clears throat> uh, people who are treating their uh, discomfort, inner discomfort, which are treating their depression, their anxiety, or their sadness with alcohol, they will develop alcoholism as a disease. Those who feel okay and uh, which uh, entertain themselves with alcohol, they are social drinkers. So those people who are depressed by the nature or it is inherited in these genes of regulation of reward, if they inherit this, they will, uh, by the nature, find the way how to reward themselves. And if they find alcohol, they will become alcoholics. Some other people, uh, they will carry, for example, because of any events, um, of their life depressed. This is a reactive depression. Before that, these people, for example, they, will, uh, uh, they could use alcohol and, uh, as an entertainment. But after they got depressed for a long period of time, and since that time, the alcohol will create in them alcoholism. So the measure is the treatment of depression with alcohol. And alcohol is a miracle substance which can uh, bring this sweet feeling of tranquility because it saves for us methamphetamine, the key substance which brings this. Um, we'll be right back and for our next segment with Dr. Marshak and talking about the Marshak Method, Brain Building and Mind Reconstruction. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned 
common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, Family Center Recovery for Co-Occurring Mental Illness and Substance Abuse Disorders. If you're looking for a better way to clean the air in your home or office, you need the all-new ozone light. It's as simple as changing your light bulbs. The ozone light looks like a normal spiral type of light bulb. It screws in most standard light sockets, but it's not a normal light bulb. It's coated with titanium dioxide. It's completely safe, but this unique coating kills most airborne bacteria, mold spores, and neutralizes odors. Just one light cleans the air in an entire room and lasts eight times longer than the normal light bulb. If you have smokers, if you have allergies, if you have pet odors, mold, or mildew, you need the ozone light. It will wipe them out, and you have our word. If you're not satisfied with the way the ozone light cleans the air in your home, simply return it for a full refund. Here's the number to call to order. 800-380-4259. 800-380-4259. Save up to $100 now. 800-380-4259. 800-380-4259. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. Today, our guests are Dr. Yasha Marshak and Dr. Sonia Marshak, who are the co-directors and founders of the Marshak Clinic in Malibu. And I just would like to re, um, let people know that Dr. Marshak, Dr. Yasha Marshak, has been in our country about six months, and his English is remarkable. And I just want to uh, um, thank you, Dr. Marshak, for talking to us um, in your second language. I know sometimes it's a challenge. Um, Sonia, could you kind of begin talking to us about um, how you got interested in treating the disease of addiction? Sure. Um, I uh, was a medical doctor, and then I got interested in science, and I went to Israel and I did research in molecular biology of diabetes. And during this time, my father was opening, was actually already um, um, head of uh, the Marsha Clinic in Moscow, which became very, very successful. And he kept telling me about the, about the method and the basis scientific uh, background uh, of how this method work. And um, I got, like, little by little, I got very interested and involved in, in their treatment, uh, not in the treatment process, but um, in the theory behind, scientific theory behind the method. Uh, and uh, one day my father said, you know what, let's uh, check. I'm pretty sure that there is a genetic predisposition to uh, addiction. It was back in 1996, I would say. And uh, he asked me whether I could uh, check, you know, read the scientific literature and find what's known about their uh, genetics of addiction, which I did. And uh, indeed, I found several genes that uh, were mostly found in people who are addicted to substances like alcohol, opiates, or cocaine, basically any addictive substance. And... um, I read a lot of literature about that, and basically we set up a laboratory, a genetic laboratory in Moscow Clinic that would check all the clients uh, for their genetic makeup. And uh, this, it, it was very helpful, apparently, to and, and enabled uh, people in Moscow Clinic to tailor the treatment based on their genetic results. 
Uh, same thing we do here in Malibu, and I'm very interested in uh, bringing science and the clinical uh, work together because I'm able to understand um, neuroscience a little, and so I can facilitate that. So it's really fascinating and interesting topic. Um, so, and uh, genetic testing is one of uh, integrative parts of the Marshak method that my father likes to call brain building and mind reconstruction. I think he can uh, explain what does it mean, um, what, what is his method about. Oh, yeah, brain building and mind reconstruction. Mind reconstruction, like two parts. Yeah. And maybe talk a little bit, too, about, we, we talked about alcohol in our earlier segment, but also about opiates and stimulants as well. Yes. So <clears throat> the first what was found is um, uh, alcohol is a miracle substance which can save for us methamphetamine, the key substance in our brain which regulates the feeling of tranquility. So excess, excess, excess of uh, excess of Methamphetamine brings us sweet, tranquil feelings. Lack of methamphetamine bring, brings us sadness. So, if we take some additional alcohol, it uh, arrests the destruction of methamphetamine, so we feel better. So, uh, we actually have two branches of the regulation of the reward. One of is serving for our rest mode of rest, and this is a feeling of tranquility, and another one for the branch which serves for our activity, and it is a, a feeling of excitement. So that's why we have only two groups of um, drugs, uppers and downers. So we, we are interested in the uh, understanding of regulation of excitement and tranquility. So um, we have some understanding of this and we created special training for this system. So in spite of the person who comes with, uh, as a patient to our treatment center, he had predisposition, genetical predisposition. So he has reward deficiency syndrome and suffers from the very beginning of his life. And he found the way how to um, entertain him uh, how to get rewarded or how to get instant gratification with some very strong uh, medicines from uh, the street drugs um, which interfere, bring him instant gratification, but, the, but then they spoil the system of regulation. In spite of this, we can uh, give him or her the ideas and to teach them special procedure of training, which we call brain building as an analog to the bodybuilding. You know, bodybuilding derives from culturism or uh, type of exercises for the muscle strength. At the same time, it started to, um, uh, or it became the bodybuilding after the biochemistry gave ideas how to feed these muscles in the process of training, what supplements or what kind of food we can give the person who is in training. And this bodybuilding develops very um, large and strong muscles very quick. Same principles we 
have we have three types of brain building. One serves to develop better ability to maintain good quality of tranquility for the time of rest. The second type of brain building is how to maintain uh, stimulatory excitement, uh, not to feel depressed uh, uh, when we start our activity. And the third type is very important, especially I found it in the United States, because um, there are two types of the depression, depression of sadness and depression of anxiety, and many people experience anxiety. And anxiety um, uh, is present if some areas of the temporal part of the cortex of the brain is overactive. And these um, areas of the brain could be overactivated through something which frightens people. But also, in, uh, very often, some people just have endogenous regulation which makes this um, action of the center overactive from, from inside. And they, they, these pe people, they suffer from anxiety and even panic attacks. We found a way of how to strengthen the control of the brain on these centers. Also in the matter of brain building, so special exercises and special food and, food, uh, and special food supplements. So this is a, um, three types of training, and we, we designed the program very intensive. So three times a day, uh, each time about one and a half hour, they have training just before each meal. And uh, also, uh, this intensive program is um, uh, for, it, it longs, or, or it lasts for, uh, uh, one month. So people, they transit from the stage of uh, depressed or unhappy personalities to uh, more joy, jo joyful personalities, from discomfort to comfort, from dysphoria to euphoria. So the structure of character is very different in these positions. When people are suffering, they are seekers for instant gratification. So they structure their character to uh, maintain different abilities or different skills, how to catch this instant gratification. But those who are happy and joyful, they structure their character, how to protect their happiness. So that the transition, especially if it is if it is intensive, is dangerous, pretty dangerous. So it has to be um, uh, supported with special psychological procedure. And that's, uh, uh, this method we call um, brain reconstruction, mind reconstruction. So th and this is based on 12-step program. And we uh, evaluate this 12-step program as a um, different uh, as an amount of skills of or, 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 which makes also people happy if they know how
how to follow these uh, skills or how to learn these skills, to how to activate in their um, personality the ability to experience um, joy following the 12-step program. I think that um, one of the things that struck all of us who visited your clinic in, in Moscow was the fact that um, your program was holistic and it was about training the mind as well as nutrition and the um, the type of diet that people um, have when they, in this method. It's a very low glycemic diet and as well as incorporating traditional, what would be in America, traditional kind of 12-step treatment with uh, group therapy, uh, education classes, and also 12-step meetings. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about the nutritional component of your method. Yes. First of all, um, when I was uh, uh, studying uh, this uh, method of treatment in Lakeside Treatment Center, it was uh, um, it, it, it was started by the very bright, um, I don't know, psychologist, Dr. James Milam. He has a wonderful book, Under the Influence. And this idea I got from Dr. James Milam. It has to be low glycemic food to avoid mood swings or sugar blues. So it, it is not only to avoid mood swings. It has to be the food which creates, instead of the um, tranquil sweet reward after the meal, the stimulatory reward. And we uh, develop the special diet um, which uh, brings... I will continue after the break. We're going to be taking a break right now. and we come Mm -hmm. back, um, Dr. Marshak will talk a little bit more about the um, actual foods that are included in his method and we'll also be talking about three different types of brain buildings that practice in the Marshak Clinic. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celeste Ranese's Timely Topics in Childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show. For women, men, children, and families, Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. 
your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Dr. Yasha Marshak and Dr. Sonia Marshak, who are the co-founders of the Marshak Clinic in Malibu, California. And we're talking to them about um, the Marshak Method, which Dr. Yasha Marshak developed um, when he was living in Russia. And the Marshak Method is a holistic and very efficient um, model for the treatment of addiction. And it's founded, it integrates neuroscience, sound nutrition, and unique exercise yoga-type breathing techniques, along with traditional 12-step recovery meetings, group therapy, and um, psychoeducation classes. And before our break, Dr. Marshak was talking about how important um, sound nutrition is to this method. And you, you were talking to us a little bit about how it's important to have a low glycemic diet and foods that make you feel um, a certain way after they're eating. And maybe you could talk a little bit about the specific, some of the specific foods that are used in your um, yes. clinic. Uh, yes. Uh, we uh, created the um, Masha Clinic um, uh, diet book on, on, on the diet. So, uh, and what's the principle of this? It's not only the low glycemic. It has also bring... Uh, reward, reward or a stimulatory reward. So people after the meal uh, have to be not sleepy but have to feel uh, enthusiasm and energy. How to develop this? Because um, the feeling of appetite is based on the raise and then decrease of methamphetamine in certain areas of the brain. And um, the um, glucose uh, Increase after the high glycemic food does it, and then decrease. Uh, in spite, instead of that, we um, our diet is based on more protein with special spices and also um, fibers. So people eat, and uh, they can experience um, slight, slightly um, uh, this wave of energy. But it is not enough. Their habit is to um, be rewarded with uh, tranquil feeling. So we have to combine this with uh, special exercises, which come after the meal. So this combination is they eat um, stimulatory food, and then if they feel satisfied, uh, they stop and do it. And you know... It is, uh, the action is like uppers. They suppress appetite, but for a while, in about a couple of minutes, they will see, develop appetite as they did before. So we have to suppress this appetite with a special activity, uh, special exercise, or even um, in, in intensive dancing, like rock and roll dan- dancing. Five minutes of rock and roll after the stimulatory meal. So it teaches people 
how to transit from the habit to reward themselves with tranquil feeling to feelings of excitement. And this is very important also um, uh, for how to cope with the overweight um, problems. So some of the foods that people would eat would be like fish or... um... Yes, fish is... Fish and uh, meat, poultry, um, eggs, uh, soy protein, uh, based on the, um, it, it, the most, it, it is protein diets, fiber, Vegetables, and fiber. very important combination with certain spices, which, re, which regulate the metabolism to create more endogenous uh, stimulator. Uh, Jakob was invited to write a book, so he's going to write a whole book about the diet. It's fascinating, because I guess we are what we eat. (laughs) Yes, and and the way we eat, because if uh, if we will um, uh, take some very uh, uh, correct... In, in, physio- in physiological sense, diet, and this diet will not reward us. We will do it not more than for three weeks, then we will come again to our previous habit. We have to change the habit, how to reward ourselves with the meals. This is an idea. So in this one-month um, treatment process, we, we are trying to implement these new habits of eating. And uh, let me explain um, uh, what is the principle of this um, uh, brain-building methods. And I just told uh, there is a regulation of feeling of tranquility, um, how to maintain a higher level of alcohol, and it helps us to maintain higher level of endogenous opiates. These substances, they work together. The more opiates we have, the more ability to produce alcohol exists in our body. The more alcohol we have in our body, uh, the, uh, the more Slow, or we, we, this slows down the destruction of endogenous opiates. So the exercises um, of hatha yoga, which are done in the matter of in the manner of stretching and relaxation, they serve for this. And also there are special amino acids like um, D isomer of the amino acid phenylalanine, D-phenylalanine. And in, in, in every health food store, you can um, find the um, food supplement, which they call D-L-phenylalanine. And we give this uh, to our uh, patients three times a day, uh, approximately one and a half hour before the meal. So they sustain higher concentration of D-phenylalanine in their um, body circulation. So their brain sustains higher level of D-phenylalanine. And 
phenylalanine works the same way like alcohol. It arrests the destruction of methamphetamine. But alcohol does it very quick. So people, cons- people drink some portion of alcohol, immediately they feel instant gratification, and this is addictive. But the D-phenylalanine has much more slower pharmacokinetics. People will take this, and then six hours later, they will experience they feel better. So it's not the experience of the, in their guts. That's why it is not addictive, and it helps them to sustain in better tranquility. So there are also some other principles. It's, I, I have a limited time. That's why I, I, I'm trying to now to explain how does it work, this stimulatory part, stimulatory um, brain building. This is um, because of the combination of movements and hyperventilation. They... Uh, turn the ability of our of certain of our brain cells neurons to stimulate the activity of special enzymes which we call uh, tyrosine hydroxylase activity for example tyrosine is a amino acid which is a precursor for neuromediators of reward but the ability to uh, convert this tyrosine to these neuromediators is limited. Even if we take a lot of tyrosine, we will not uh, elevate our mood because the ability to convert is very slow. These exercises, they do what we call calcium-dependent phosphorylation, which speeds up the activity of this conversion. So if we give tyrosine, for example, and give these exercise sessions, we get intensively more um, elevation of the special neuromediators like noradrenaline and uh, some other, and it gives us feeling of stimulated reward. Like uppers do. Like yes, yes. It, it, it is a natural way how to uh, stimulate uh, this elevation of mood uh, for excitement. Not like uppers, but in more um, natural way. And if we give this um, skill to our people, because, you know, uh, heroin addicts, they are very lazy or they are just sleepy and they are coming to us in this state of mood and we bring them to the gym and we give them these precursors of endogenous psychostimulators. And in about five days, they start to smile, to joke. They have energy, and they don't like like this um, in the beginning. So this, um, uh, this patient in the beginning of when they, they came, so if they continue to do this, they will sustain a good state of energy. Then, uh, very important to explain why do they need to continue with no break 
exercising for two more years, if they do it, they will convert their character into the happy and energetic and effective way. If, even if they will quit with this exercise after two years, they will still be in the stable, good, elevated state of mood. So if this they, is really about having people change their brain chemistry and the neurocircuitry in their brain. Yes, it's a sensitivity of the brain and the, the ability to maintain the perf- special biochemical performance. Uh, and But what, you know, people, they don't like do on the daily basis what um, brings them uh, bad feelings. But these exercises, they elevate our state, our, our state of mood. That's why people which start to taste it, they will continue and continue. For example, for myself, 37 years, I'm still doing these exercises. And still reaping the benefits of the exercises as well. We'll be right back for our final segment with uh, Dr. Sonia Marshak and Dr. Yasha Marshak. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. The incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Autism One, a conversation of hope hosted by Betsy Hicks, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Autism is treatable, and given appropriate therapies, children are recovering. With well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines, Betsy offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, adult services, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcast each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. We're 
this segment, we're going to be talking with Dr. Sonia Marshak about um, the effectiveness of the Marshak model and genetics and, and a few other uh, topics as we go along. But, Sonia, before we talk about the um, outcomes, could you just talk kind of briefly about the genetics of um, addiction and the genetics of mood regulation? Because um, for a long time in America, we've looked at type like type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and now we know there's like two different types of addiction, one from early onset and one that happens later in life. So could you speak to that from a genetic perspective? Yes, sure. Um, so far, so right now, um, research or science uh, is very interested in finding more and more genes that are related to addiction, and it's still very far from being clear. But uh, more and more genes are discovered that are related uh, to uh, mood dysregulation, anxiety, uh, high risk of suicide, or drug abuse. And um, so I just try to explain what, why genes are at all involved into, you know, into initiating uh, mood dysregulation. Basically, genes they encode for some enzymes that act on the brain that make those substances because of, uh, that make us feel good. So if there is a problem in the gene, so you don't have enough substance that makes you feel good, you feel depressed, and that's why you search for external, uh, basically medication, or you, and so you start self-medicating yourself with drugs. So I cannot tell you uh, now what this, this thing, like um, what genes are predominantly um, uh, inherited by people who who get addiction in the early in the early adulthood um, as opposed to the later later times in their life, uh, but maybe there is some environmental factors involved as well. It's not clear yet, but what we know for sure is that while when we have our clients come in and we like about 80% of our clients have a deviation in one, two, three, or four genes, and actually their severity of the case correlates with how many genes are um, affected. And once we know, I mean, some people though, like about 20% of people, they are fine; that their genes are um, normal. Uh-huh. And um, in those cases, maybe there are other genes that are involved that we don't know yet. Or maybe environmental factors played a crucial, you know, uh, important role in uh, bringing this person into the reactive depression, into depression he started using. So there is definitely a, you know, play of both environmental and genetic factors. But once we know genetic factors, we can uh, change those, what Jakob was talking about, the food supplements we give. Once we know the biochemical reaction that is affected, we can exactly give them what's, what's needed to, uh, to normalize this reaction, to speed it up, by giving food supplements and by giving certain exercises to this person. So we actually tailor the method to, um, you know, to each client. Uh, and also, of course, we definitely need to address their environmental factors that play the role. Almost in every case, even though they have some genetic uh, abnormalities, there still was uh, trauma or uh, some episodes that evoked depression in those people. Or, so we have to address that. That's why we need individual sessions. We need work in groups and, of course, 12-step right. uh, to get them out of that. 
when I was in Russia visiting your father's clinic, um, there were a lot of people who were experiencing heroin addiction. And at the time, there was, seemed to be a high rate of heroin addiction in Russia. And um, it was my understanding that there was a significant um, success rate using this method with, with folks with heroin addiction. Yes. Well, they measured, uh, I think they had two surveys uh, in Russia back in 2000, beginning of 2000. 2000th century, yeah. and um, they had an amazing success rate, uh, which is even, even hard to believe. They uh, measured, I think in the first survey, they measured about um, 80 people, and then uh, second survey, uh, they took 200 people who lived in Moscow, who went through the clinic for a month. They stayed in the clinic, and then they were followed for two years, uh, and they were, their sobriety has been followed, and... Seventy percent of people stayed sober for two years, for those two years, and then they just discontinued, you know, um, they, you know following those people. Right. So the success rate is like 70 percent after two years of treatment. And were those folks um, continuing with the method, and were they going to 12-step meetings as well? Yeah. interesting thing is that if you go to Moscow uh, 12-step meetings, you can see that half of people there, they come from the Marsha Clinic. So meaning that those who continue their sobriety, they go to AA meetings, uh, and most of them are from, not some, half of them are from Moscow. They do, yeah, they definitely are encouraged to go to 12-step meetings. And is this equally effective with men and women? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, probably even women uh, do more successfully. Even do better. we know why? <laughs> uh, I think um, I, I, I think uh, it, uh, for the Russian culture, especially, they um, are more they are taking more responsibility um, for for their life than uh, than men in Russia. They are taking care on their families uh, right. with more responsibility. They are more motivated to be, uh, and if they have the method, they are following this method more precise in comparison with men. But they also do, uh, it is a matter of motivation. If people decide for themselves to survive, they will succeed in 100%, I, I believe. And they will prosper because, you know, the addiction makes people feel first uh, what is the difference when they feel bad and good. So they are motivated more strong than just the average person. And also their mind is much more clever because of the, um, uh, the way of their um, performance. They need to find uh, the way how to get their drugs for many years, every day, so they are skilled to think. And these two abilities, the motivation and being clever, make them to prosper when they uh, stay in sobriety. And I know many very happy, very effective, and uh, very rich people. They became rich just in a couple of years. What is the age of the youngest person that's been successful with this method and the oldest person? 
You know, uh, we don't treat people um, um, at the age lower than 18 years. So uh, most of our young people, they are heroin addicts, more than 90%. And people in their ages, they came uh, with the alcoholism. So the, I think that you, you told me that I think that the oldest person in Moscow, uh, an alcoholic, was 80 years old? Um, in, in our treatment center, yes. Yes, in Moscow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it, it was also the case of the heroin addict girl who was 12 years old. She spent three months in our clinic, and she um, uh, she's sober. But it was very difficult to convince her to uh, be in the program, to make everything, because she was uh, thinking heroin is the best what she can get from this uh, world from outside. She didn't have consequences yet, probably. Of course. Um, before we uh, close for today, could you just let folks know how they can get in touch with you or learn more about the Marshak Clinic, uh, telephone yes. number or website or something? Yeah, we have a website. It's www.marshakclinic.com, and there we have a 800 number. It's 1-800-366-8101. And you can read, read more about the clinic and the method on the website. Thank you both, Dr. Sonia Marshak and Dr. Yasha Marshak, for being our guests today. This is fascinating. And for anyone who's interested in learning more about this really unique and holistic method of treating addiction, um, go to www.marshakclinic.com. Um, thank you both very much. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank and you. And good luck with your clinic. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.